Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living, and we will win, and we will win the day. And you can check out my Audible on Amazon. Uh, it's called, I believe, The African-American Athlete. This is Derek White, author of The Challenge of Blackness and Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Jay Gaither, Florida A&M, and The History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lou. Oh, uh, man, it's good to be back. It's been a minute, man, since that, that we did the John Thompson one, but it, but it's good to be back. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It's been a minute. Um, uh, and this evening, we are recording re- immediately after the Lakers have just won their 17th uh, title as a franchise. LeBron has been named MVP uh, as he led the Lakers to uh, a title inside of the bubble. And so in order for us to get the full uh, understanding of this event, we have brought in our uh, podcast regular here, Carl Sudler from Emory University, professor of history. Uh, how you doing, Carl? You excited? Oh, I'm, I am excited as ever. Um, this is some kind of poetic injustice for 2020, um, for sure. Yeah, you feel like this is this is this is a little bit of a makeup for you, right? As because you, I mean, like uh, Lou's a, Lou, you're a Laker fan. Carl's a Laker <sighs> fan. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me back up. Let me oh, back up. Oh, I mean, in my older age, I am a LeBron James free agent fan. Oh, okay, uh, I like that. I like so, that. So, so I will follow. I will be a Laker fan until he's gone, and then, and then, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do after after LeBron leaves. So, so I'm still trying to find some young talent to, to follow. So, no, I am, I'm, but, but I'm not like Carl just picking the team because they win championships. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, a, I'm probably a LeBron, a, a LeBron free agent fan. I, I you know. Uh, since Magic retired, man, it's been hard out here in these streets. Uh, and so, uh, and LeBron, to be clear, to be clear, I am not a Laker fan because they win. You can go back into the archive of the Black Athlete podcast, and it was all Patrick Ewing's fault because I was a Knicks fan up until '91, and then became a Lakers fan after Patrick Ewing denied me that autograph as a child. <laughs> oh, that's wow. right. Like, wow. ooh, yeah, that, ninety-one just happened to be the same year they make a championship. But okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a yeah. You you were. We do recall that. We got to cue that up and make a little note in the uh, in the edits, Lou. We'll let you put that. We'll tell us what episode that was. Uh, uh, last time Carl was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Is that the police? It might be the policing one. Um, oh, yeah, that's probably, yeah. Exactly. Is, yeah, it might be the policing one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Carl, Carl, for those who follow Carl on Twitter, uh, Carl, what's your Twitter handle? At Prof Sudler. Uh, he was over there last uh, when they had the Mamba jerseys on on Friday night. He was out here lifting weights in his garage, like looking like. Uh, you know, macho, looking like Macho Man Randy Savage getting all the veins coming out of his neck. Um, so he he's super hyped. That's good. Like you know, it's been a, it's been a, yeah, I've had a long time. You came in '91, so that was a lot of a lot of years in the wilderness for Lakers, uh, Laker fans. You know, more times in the wilderness than not. Um, despite those little runs, those little mini runs from 
Yeah, Kobe and he's Dak. Had five and, during, he's had five during his 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 fake fandom. Uh, but <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's just start this right off. Um, right before I hit record, I got I got to tell listeners that that Carl Carl Sudler said he does not like Duncan Robinson, and, oh, and yeah. me as a as a shooter, I'm a pure shooter. <laughs> I like watching Duncan Robinson play because it gives me hope that I can continue post COVID. I can continue to play another couple more years because we shoot the same. So, Carl, please tell us why you don't like Duncan Robinson. So I feel like I've played against many of Duncan Robinsons in my lifetime, and they are all very frustrating because, yes, he is a he is a pure shooter, right? Like, you, you know you're a shooter when you let go of the ball and you're surprised when the ball doesn't go in, right? And that's Duncan Robinson, right? Every time he lets it go, you think, man, he made another one. Um, but but what Duncan Robinson also does, he's just so pesky, right? Like, again, I just feel like Duncan Robinson made it out, right, in a way that we, we know so many Duncan Robinsons. I went to graduate school in Indiana. In my time in Bloomington at the Hyper, I have seen at least 150 Duncan Robinson. And so hats <laughs> off hats off to Duncan Robinson for getting the big break and, you know, having himself a nice little final series. Um but 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 I'll be happy when the hype around him is. I, I want to as a as a former resident of Upper New England, I want to give Duncan Robinson a shout out because that dude was making shots at Williams, and I can't imagine anybody in Division Three New England basketball actually stopping that guy. Like he, I like I don't know what the stats. Like I wish we had a producer so we could queue up our stats for us. Like we were really big time, but like he must have averaged like forty points a game at Williams. This is crazy, right? Like because Williams is where you realize like dudes who were like okay in high school uh could go play division 3 right like it was it was good like you were a pretty good player all region maybe all state whatever but duncan robinson's from maine goes to williams lights it up like i think he was the all-time leading three-point scorer in division 3 and then decides to transfer to michigan congrats to him now he's got a skill set it's not bad i like he had a good series he couldn't guard anybody which is why they lost but you know, he scored points, and that was pretty good the last couple games. He was pretty good last Friday and, and tonight. He was good. Yeah, yeah, he's the perfect modern NBA player, right, minus minus the D. But his ability to stretch the floor actually gave them an opportunity um, to, to, to actually make it to the finals, right, when you yeah. have, like, the best three-point shooter who's also, like, 6'8", and you can't block his shot. Um, it's and gets it off really super duper quick, so it's really hard even to rotate to him. Um, it changes it changes the game, but but if you don't have LeBron, good luck, right? Because he's such he's so far better than everybody else, even though he can't really shoot. Still, uh, he's just his game is just so much better, and 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 I think the only thing that that's tough to watch him is he's playing chess in real time. Yeah. And it's hard to watch because you know, at any instant he could dominate. And sometimes he just waits till the 42nd minute. You're like, Oh my gosh, man, come on, dude. Especially when we're on the East coast of regular times, like, man, it's, it's, it's almost midnight. I gotta get to bed, man. You gotta pick this up. Um, but that's, that's how I think you had that when, when this started and once the playoffs started rolling, I was like, okay, they, this is legit theirs just because he's so much better. Um, now, after you get past AD, it's just a, a crapshoot. Whoever comes up, you know, for their as their third person, like a score 
today just happened to be Hall of Famer Rajon Rondo. Yes. Uh, but another game, it could have been Markeith Morris or Markeith. I don't know which Morris it is. It's like watching moving with Richard Pryor. Just, <laughs> I think that I think they trade positions all the time. Um, <laughs> or it could be Kuz, who, who, man, I, I hate to say, may have lost, may have lost about fifty million after he wins this championship in contracts because those first two years, he was getting a lot of money at his next contract, and now it's just like, oh, you're on a winning team. You have a limited skill set, and you're like 45 years old. So, um, is uh, his yeah. Kuz, Kuz? I think Carl, you you sent this via text. Did you send this to us via text where they talk about Kuz shouldn't get a ring if they win? Because no, 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 no. I am a Kuz fan, and just oh. to be clear, I want you all to know that Duncan Robinson is one year older than Kyle Kuzma. Just to put that out there, really. Yeah, that's crazy because that doesn't come up in the Duncan Robinson narrative, right? In the, in the narrative about Kyle Kuzma, it's always like he's hit his ceiling because he's a certain age, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just he was kind of at Utah for you know fifteen years, and then he's just <laughs> hit a certain age. You know, he hit his ceiling, and and I think, but I'll give him this, and and maybe this is Frank Vogel, who who who's a really good coach. He, for this time in the bubble, they got him to play like just slow down a bit, right? And not be wild. I think a lot of times you watch Kuz, he's slashing, but then he's taking a lot of bad shots. He's he's out of place on D and they were able to get him to focus just for a little bit. Didn't even, he still took a lot of bad shots. Doesn't have a really great consistent shot. He's a volume shooter, right? He needs about 30 shots up to, to be able to score 20, 22 points a game. Um, so it's a tough role for him just to be a three and D type guy. But I, I'll give credit to him for 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 this bubble experience, kind of sliding into that role. I think um, that you know the frustrated part to watch someone like Kuzma is like the Lakers are screaming out for a third score, right? Like, and he is the prime candidate to be the third score. Uh, he's got the length, he's got the athleticism. He's shown that he could put buckets in before LeBron got there. But the thing that's really clear when you play with LeBron. And Rondo, I think this is doubly true now with Rondo on the roster too. It's like the dudes with basketball IQ, right? Like they get to play because you can see like Kuzma like really does struggle a lot with like like where he should be in the kind of flow of the game. Like he's not seeing the same game that Rondo and and, uh, and LeBron are seeing. Uh, and I think that hurts him a little bit. And, you know, and I think he just can't – he's got to commit to being a defender, the truth. Like if you want to – we are, you know, they the the they the title is all of like forty five minutes old. If we talk about next year, Kuz got to really figure out how to be a defender because he's he was lost out there a lot of nights. Um, but those other pieces, I mean, that's the the heavy veteran roster that they had looked crazy when they signed all those dudes in you know in the summer, um, but looked a lot better because everybody knew their role, role, right? I mean, Danny Green knew what he you know he knew what he could do. KCP, you knew what he could do. Um, they got Dwight Howard to buy in. I thought that was really kind of revived Dwight Howard's career. He was like a, a hard rebound. Cr- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was really fantastic. They got uh, they got the uh, Dwight Howard from Carl's place, right, Atlanta. Uh, so to, <laughs> to, to calm down and buy in. Um, so that no, honestly, I thought that was the biggest thing, right? Like. And and the crazy thing about Vogel is that he was willing to sit him in game six, didn't get a lick of playing time till it was over. Like he started him 
five straight games. Right. And then Vogel's like, ah, like, it's okay. I don't need him. I don't need JaVale McGee. And that's also speaks to how great, um, AD was. Yeah. Um, but, but can I, can we, I want to turn the topic just a little bit since we have Carl on, um, and Carl who's in Atlanta now, I know about a month ago, uh, the boycotts happened and, and I don't, you know, we didn't get, I know you did a lot of shows over this, but what were your initial thoughts over these, these boycotts, um, uh, our, our strikes? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it looks like the strikes, you know, are going to come back to fight most of these players in the rear end after, you know, a lot of what happened in Milwaukee and now with the reneging and, not using their facilities and sports arenas as a voting site anymore um, the way that they promised, you know, during the strikes, right? And so, I mean, it's one of those things that when we thought about the strikes and when we looked at the strikes, so the strike happened on my birthday and I was, you know, I was psyched. I was teaching. I had to hop off the class <laughs> and hopped in to do a couple of interviews. And, you know, I just remember it because, you know, it was my birthday and one of the interviews, they asked me, well, if, you know, for your birthday, you know, if you could control LeBron's Twitter for one night, what would you tweet? And I said, I would tweet defund the police. Um, but, but, but I think if anything we learned out of that strike moment is um, was really just the limits of how far some of the social justice activism from athletes can go. Right. And, you know, what, what, what's been bugging me is, you know, there's been this massive campaign toward voting um, around, obviously we're in a presidential election year and I understand it's, you know, importance, right. But just to say vote, um, you know, I think it's a big difference between the bubble and the wobble, right. Cause the WNBA players have been like, no vote for this person over this person. Right. And we just <laughs> right. haven't seen that kind of stance from the NBA players. Um, you know, so, but, but, you know, so, so, so thinking of, of where the strike was at the end of August to, you know, fast forward where we are here at the top of October, um, you know, I, I think we, we, we understand kind of the limits of, of their platforms. And, and I think it really caught, you know, it, it really forces us to think about just how much power these athletes might have or might not have, right? right? That is, you know, the, the limits of their power come in the fact that, well, if they start advocating for policy, if they start advocating for particular politicians, if they, you know, go beyond just the, the blanket kind of statements of this is for social justice and this is for voting and this is for, you know, voter suppression, what happens then, right? Do they lose their jobs? Do, you know, are they at risk um, in different kinds of ways? And, and I think that was kind of like unveiled um, over these past two months. Right, right. And I would say just to to piggyback on that, in the Milwaukee situation, one of the things I maintained from the very beginning was that once they that the players were right to to boycott the user voice in the sense and not leave the bubble, because what we saw is once these guys left the bubble, nobody's talking to them, right? We haven't heard anybody interview George Hill about <laughs> about Milwaukee insisting reneging on using uh, the facilities, you know what I mean? To, to vote. Right. And and that's because he's not there anymore. And I think the players have this, most players have a very limited platform, right? LeBron's is infinite. George Hills is not, it's, it's based on when that camera is in front of him. Same thing with like a Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. And that's the most interesting thing, right? They played their biggest card, um, 
and then it just went away. It's a, it's it's such a trip, right? They they literally had a strike, and then it all just just went away. And 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 part of that is they're they're athletes, right? They're NBA players, and their mentality is to go win that championship. And and as things got closer and closer, you could see the focus was really about about a championship. But but we'll see now, right? Now now the the bubble's over. You got about what three weeks, if my math is correct, around three weeks. Um, so we'll see what they do. Um, Let me, Derek, what you, do you, uh, no, I want to, can I follow up on this? I feel like, yes. yeah, like on this Milwaukee point, right? Like, I think you're right. Like this is a, it, it, I think Carl's point about the limits of, of this quote unquote platform, right? I think that they've pushed the, the, they've within the frame of still being a professional athlete and not having, you know, not going the route of, Colin Kaepernick, where you're either blackballed or outside the league, right? Um, they really pushed the, the they pushed it nearly to the limit. I think the WNBA has shown that you could be much more sophisticated about your pro, your your announcement and support for voting in very specific and kind of I think strategic ways. But I also think that like you know what's the consequence? Like I feel like that this right? Like I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, right? But like. I feel like if you're Giannis and you're like the 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 head player for the Milwaukee Bucks and you see the state of Wisconsin renege on this this promise that your your owner can't deliver, it just seems like you just go play somewhere else. Right. Like at some point you just gotta be like, look, I love Milwaukee. It was great, but like I don't have like I don't have to live like this. Right. Like I don't have to live here. I can play anywhere, I can play in all, any team in the league. I'm the best player in the league, right? I'm MVP. I can go anywhere. Right. I'm not. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying like you could, you could, you can, you can pick your shot at this point. You can do what LeBron has done in some ways and say, not just chasing a championship, but have it be be at least somewhat rooted in the decision that's rooted in the fact that they've tried to, they reneged on this promise. George Hill can't do that, right? Because he's going to be thankful to still be in the league. And most of those players cannot, but Giannis can. And I think that there's a cost, right? Like, and even though the owner is one of the more progressive owners in the NBA, at the same time, like, you know, he didn't use all, did he use all his resources to get something done? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, right? Like at some point, but Giannis, you don't have to do it. Like, I, I you know, I don't know if I'm being petty, but I feel like there has to be some cost, right? And that's a cost to the state of Wisconsin, right? Like this is not just a cost to the Bucks. It's a cost to Wisconsin, right? Because, if Giannis is the player, people are watching those games. People are buying these jerseys. People are coming to that. Like, there's this kind of residual kind of monies that people are thinking about Milwaukee and Wisconsin more broadly. Um, and, you know, if you're in the playoffs, all those NBA people are coming to the playoffs, right? Like, all those reporters, and they're staying in your hotels, and you're doing this. Like, look, I saw when I went to a Cleveland game when I was at Ohio State. I remember going to a Cleveland game. This is before LeBron. LeBron was still in high school. And I remember going to the Cleveland game. Jason Kidd was playing. This is how they were playing the Nets. And like the entire upper bowl of the Cleveland down the new arena that they have downtown was closed. And I'm like, we walked up and bought tickets for like $12 for lower bowl, right? Like, like there's a real like cost for being terrible at basketball, right? <laughs> like <laughs> and so, like, you know, I think that there's some, there's some that question, if I'm his agent or consultant or whatever we got to at least broach that conversation and we ought to have it publicly, right? Like, look, I, I'm considering someplace else because the way y'all acted. 
Yeah. Um, no, I, I was just going to say, like, yeah, Giannis went on his way out. should say I'm not playing for the most segregated city in America. I just bounce. But uh, while we're on our bubble recap, what were your guys' thoughts on the jerseys? The MLK jerseys. Oh, no. The, well, let's do this. First, the names on the back are phrases, oh. and then we'll go – then we'll go MLK jerseys that that Carl's Atlanta Hawks are putting out. Um, I thought the jersey thing, I thought it was the right idea. And I thought that as like it's one of those things where it was a good idea in theory. And then as soon as it happened, it was not that serious. Right. You know what you I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause they're not they're not DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Right. And they, right. they couldn't go full DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like they couldn't. Yeah. I mean, at some point, like they couldn't, you know, like defund the police, right? Like you said Carl was not one of the 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 names that they could have put on the back of the jerseys, right? right? Uh and so you got like this random collection of like phrases that were disassociated economics <laughs> that were disassociated from like policy or reality or anything, right? Like, you know, and so if you're watching a game. I mean, the biggest adjustment was like figuring out who some of these people were after being off for three months. I was like, dude, who yeah. is that? Like that dude's still in the league? Like who is that? Yeah. And what? Yeah. Who's the, who's the Black Lives Matter number twenty seven? You know, like that's what you had to figure out. Um, Enough. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I was gonna say some of the some of the jerseys. Yeah, like so some you know like education reform, right? Like to me, it was probably the funniest jersey option um out there right said athletes who have been exploited by the education system their entire lives um and so uh you know for them to advocate for education reform you know we're putting it on the back of their jersey was you know kind of ironic i guess um but i i I thought it was interesting to see you know and we 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 kind of talked about this a little bit offline but you know it's interesting to see some of the big name athletes you know be like no i'm not you know, changing it, right? Like LeBron, AD had James and Davis, et cetera. Um, and then I thought it was all, another thing that was interesting to keep a kind of tally on, if you will, was, you know, what did some of the white players in NBA, you know, put on the back of their jerseys in this moment, right? Um, as we're kind of having conversations about allyship and what that looks like. You know, Tyler Harrell didn't hesitate to put, you know, Black Lives Matter on the back of his heat jersey. Um, Alex Caruso. That's right. Uh, but but then Gordon Hayward put education reformers, you know, like it was, so it was interesting <laughs> to see where the players kind of fell on this, um, especially in, especially thinking about the white players. Um, and, and, and so I, I thought it was interesting and tell not necessarily telling um, like if you were going to opt into one of these jerseys, what were you going to pick and why? Right. On an individual basis. Uh, I think tells a very particular story. Um, and I think it tells something really interesting about white players in the league. Yeah. I just thought there were too many options, dude. Like I, like you <laughs> said, like, I feel like at some point we're talking about like three things, right? Like, um, you know, social justice, black lives matter, equality. Like they probably should have limited it to three or something or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, like, as you said, group economics and enough. And I thought the say her name one was really good or say their name was really good. Um, but again, like, like anything else, like after a while, you not, no one, like what was very interesting is that they were, they were make the announcers were making a very clear, um, you know, acknowledgement about what was on the back of jerseys early on in the bubble. And as a, as the time went longer and the games took on more importance, 
um, that became less and less of a commentary. Uh, and so, you know, it was good. It was fine. Like, I, you know, like I said, I think it speaks to the limits of some of these symbolic politics. Um, Black Lives Matter on the floor was probably good. I think it's still good because I think of the reaction. I know y'all saw this in the in the media. You know, everybody's talking about the finals numbers being down. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's October and baseball's on, football's on, college football's on, like tennis is on, like everything is on, right? At the same time, like we've never had, um, this is the first time probably in American history where all these professional and collegiate sports are happening at the same time in the same week. Um, And so if you don't want to watch basketball, you don't have to, you know, I think that's part of it. And I think a lot of people, when you go away for three months uh, and come back, even though it's a bubble and people have been kind of whatever tired, you know, wanting to have some distraction from the pandemic. um, I think that the numbers are down. The other variable is, and no one has said this even in our commentary, and then I'll let you guys, we'll switch gears a little bit, um, is the fact that like we have given up on the pandemic. Right. Right. Like, (laughs) so I haven't given up. I mean, I'm just saying that not we, us three, but we're like, but we as a society, like everybody's outside, like we're going to games. We're not at bars with no masks, like all that stuff is back on. And um, it's not the same as us being locked down. And I think that there's a um, like some of this is all, I think, very much related to each other uh, in some ways. Right. No, there was a real hunger, I think, at the beginning. Um, this is a long, it was a very, it was a long bubble, though, too, right? Um, yeah. But I like, as a basketball junkie, I loved it, man. It's, you know, it was back to back to back to back playoff games, uh, like three weeks ago, it seemed like, right? Um, so, but like, as Carl said, shout out to to Adam Silver, who really got this, really got this together, um, and, and Chris Paul, right? And, and, and I thought it worked well. I just wish there was like a after dark, playoff bubble where all the mics were all you know what i mean where i just wanted to hear them talking trash and cussing at each other um, <laughs> but but no but as we switch gears the other jersey thing we wanted to talk about real quick is next if there is an mlk game um the uh atlanta hawks have mlk on their jerseys um or any i know derek believe said you might get one carl where are you with the mlk atlanta hawks jersey you know I support my local Atlanta Hawks, and so of course I'm down to get one. Um, you know I, I've, I've been excited about a lot of the stuff the Hawks have been doing lately, um, and kind of embracing the real, like em- embracing a Black Atlanta kind of identity. Um, they've, you know, they 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 announced the MLK jersey. They are now uh, the Hawks are doing work with the Georgia Georgia Innocence Project. Um, and working with kind of wrongful conviction suits here in uh, Georgia. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, so shout out to uh, Coach Lloyd Pierce, man, who, you know, has really got a lot of these young guys bought in on, you know, thinking bigger than basketball. I will say some of the advertisements around MLK have a, you know, throw you off just a little bit, like, oh, you got to earn these letters. Um, <laughs> as, 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 because, because you know, I mean, logically, right, like, there are going to be players that could potentially get traded to the Hawks, like, two days before the MLK game. And, uh, you know, okay. they, you know, and they haven't earned them, right? And so, like, it, it earned them in that same way. And so, um, so, so, so there's something to be said about that. But, um, but no, I'm really excited about a lot of the stuff that the Hawks have been doing and then around the city. 
That's good. Now I'm getting. I might get one and try to. I don't. I'm too old to be wearing jerseys in public, but um, <laughs> but I might. Right, get, I'd get a shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because you know I like. I mean, it's king, and it's and and the black and old gold is is uh, that always works. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it's you know again, like again, these symbolic projects. Um, I think sports are really good avenues for these things. I think the one thing that's not. The one thing that's really missing, I've been thinking about this as as we've all been kind of roped into these conversations in various mediums over the last couple of months in the NBA, is that, you know, one of the things that that's missing from our kind of kind of like political structure is kind of political education. Right. And I think when we think back to civil rights movement, everybody invokes the civil rights movement, but no one invokes like the kind of the political education. Um that was going on, whether it's at the Highlander Folk School or whether it's at, um, you know, freedom schools, right, or citizenship schools, right? Like those are very much part and parcel, like t- not only teaching folks about, you know, like the, the necessary steps to vote in a hostile kind of segregationist, white supremacist kind of uh, time period, but also like why they should be voting, right? Like how do you, you know, what does the sheriff do? What does this council person do, right? Like we don't have any of that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, these presidential elections, I think constantly expose uh, this weakness is like, come vote for this person for president. And this is a dire need and we need to do this. But at some point their local and state elections have a lot more say about your lived experience, your lived political experience. And there, there should be a way in which these athletes can fund political education, right, and training. Uh, we talk about, lo- you know, local activist groups. Um, and I'm not, you know, and maybe Carl knows more than I do, but I'm not familiar with, you know, which ones are doing political education. Uh, but I think that's something that needs to be done. But, it, you know, it's too close to the election to be doing that. That stuff that has to be done, you know, beginning on November 4th. And, and and continually from then on out, right? And that's not as sexy of a, a, a project, <laughs> you know, yeah. after the election is over. Um, yeah, and, and, and to that point, Derek, I think something that really stood out over these last couple of weeks on that um, was, you know, Chris Paul announced that the NBA went from having something like crazy low, like 20% registered voters in the league at the last presidential election to somewhere around 90 right now, Um, you know, which is impressive in and of itself. But then you also have, you know, people like Shaquille O'Neal come out, right. And Mm -hmm. say that, you know, he just casted his, the the first ballot of his life. Um, And, you know, and and so I think it speaks to your point and it really enhances that point that um, registering to vote is, you know, is, is step one. Thinking about presidential elections might also then be step two. But so, like you said, right, so much of what actually impacts people's day to day is around these local elections. And many of folks just, you know, athlete or not, right, when we think about just kind of our general electoral, you know, population, right, just don't know what's at stake with so many of these um, local ballots. And, um, and so, you know, again, think about like shout out to the Wubble and, you know, them really trying to get Kelly Loeffler up out of here in Georgia um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, calling out Warnick by name. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Because, you know, there is some there is something there 
about that moves us beyond this sort of like dichotomy between, you know, or this binary between kind of the presidential election when you just have two people um, that you have to really be thinking about. No, I, I mean, that's excellent. I mean, I love that. I, I think that's that's why the NWNBA gets the like when we write the when we write the history. I don't know about we, me, maybe Carl. But when this history gets written <laughs> about the bubble um, and the wobble, I think that that's going to come down to to be I think, you know, we'll have the the benefit of hindsight to see what happens in this election and subsequently to to really to really evaluate uh, the effectiveness of these particular kinds of strategies. Um, but yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm 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 very pleased with what we we we've seen. I just think that you know it speaks to the limits of what's possible. Um, I mean, even thinking about the Milwaukee situation, right? Like all that situation about them not being able to use the arena—that's a local election concern, right? Like that's not a presidential election concern or a Senate. That's a local state legislature concern, right? And you know, and that and that horse had already gotten out the gate before they had even went out on strike, right? <laughs> so, right. Uh, and I think that some of it is that this is like um, that. I feel like the celebrity class, athlete class, is often late to the party. You know, and when I think about the guy who passed away from North Carolina, Carl, who had been gerrymandering for like two decades. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, like, I don't know his name, but, you know, his daughter found the files and they were, you know, talk about all the ways that they could draw the lines and make sure that they had, you know, more Republicans in each district and whatnot. Wow. Like that, that kind of detail um, uh, that conservatives have been employing for like really since the 80s is uh, is not matched with the slogans vote. Right. And, right. and and I don't know, and, you know, and this is not the, like I don't know where their philanthropy and money goes. I don't know if these athletes are giving money to those kinds of causes, because I don't think, as you said, if only 20 percent were registered to vote, I don't even think they fully grasp the importance of something like gerrymandering because it doesn't affect them in their lives, really. Right. Uh, well, that's um just on that point. I know we're going to do a whole the plan is to do a whole voting episode um, and, 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 and athletes and just, just the limits of voting and, and, or also the power of voting. Um, but then I think the most famous person who comes to mind with all this is cap. Right. So on the one hand, he wasn't registered. I'm not even sure he's registered yet. Um, so he wasn't in 2016 and I always maintained to people that, you know, that's his right not to vote. But I always thought that, he could have used his platform for the local stuff, right. Or the state election, right. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, California that year was, had a, um, <clears throat> had a, uh, initiative on the ballot about, um, the death penalty, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's that local stuff. And I, but I think what he did really well and set the show, the template for others is that you can fund, uh, those grassroots programs or what we would have called in a war on poverty, like community action programs, right? Like this is, I think this is where the athletes can have a lot of power with their money is because as you said, like some of this stuff's not really going to impact them, but it impacts the other people who live, you know, by that Milwaukee arena, who live by the Staples center, right. Who lives by uh, where, you know, where the Hawks play or where the heat play. Right. And I yeah. think, that the NBA players, if the, if they're not willing to to risk reputation by, you know, having the courage like WNBA players and say vote so and so out, um, 
then I think the next move is to use their money and power and platform to help those groups have to fight this daily. Um, and I think that's where a lot should be. Um, you know, I know, and I know someone like LeBron is doing the vote and, and he's making sure, you know, people who have a poll tax get that poll tax paid. But I think others have an opportunity to really step up to find those local orgs um, and support those local orgs. No, that's good. Let's, that's an excellent point. Uh, let's 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 change gears real quick and think a little bit about uh, get back to this championship. Uh, Carl, so where does this stand in Laker history, like as a team? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, well, I'll first start by saying that. Well, no, because I, I wanted to end by posing the, by throwing the question out to you all about where does this put LeBron? But we'll come back to that question here in a second. Um, I, I, I think the LeBron Anthony Davis duo, um, you know, falls right in line with what you know what we've seen, especially from the Laker duos. Um, over the years, right? You know, there, there, there's something to be said about where they fit with Magic, Kareem, Kobe, and Shaq. I'd also throw Kobe and Powell in there. That was the dynamic duo that the media tends to overlook, right? They always do the Kobe and Shaq, but that Kobe Gasol um, duo was a force to be reckoned with. I think AD and um, LeBron, you know, fit into that Laker um history as a duo in that sense I, I'm, I'm one of the laker fans who will never think that lebron can end up in the laker mount rushmore you know i think he can win two more championships on the way out and and still not do it um just because of the trajectory of his career and what we've had with players in the past but um in, in terms of you know everything that i've been reading about just how tough it was for these athletes to really pull off this bubble um, I, I think it says a lot for the resilience of the team, um, their ability to come together after some of the fiascos, you know, off the court, thinking about sort of the, the falling out with like Magic Johnson and Palenka, that was somewhat of a distraction, you know, a little bit for the front office, thinking about um, what it meant to a lot of Laker hopefuls to give up what they viewed as a whole lot right for mm -hmm. anthony davis right i mean we lost brandon ingram josh hart lonzo ball like that you know that was you know a package right a core of of players for one um you know shout out to my you know my, my lakers doing work over there in uh in new orleans right now but mm -hmm. uh <laughs> but uh you know that i think you know at, at the end of the day what what I hope people don't think is that this championship is one that has an asterisk, right? Um, because for so many, you know, when I, I and and the reason I I'm not a fan of the asterisks on the championship is, you know, we all give Tim Duncan his credit for winning five, even though his first one came in that shortened season and they beat the Knicks in a championship, you know, ha ha Knicks. But um, <laughs> but um, hate hate hate. But, but um, but you know, so 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 I, I'm not one that thinks it's an asterisk. I think it's one that you know it, it gives us number seventeen with that other terrible you know NBA franchise over there in the Northeast. Um, you know, and and so I I, I think. I think what we see moving forward uh, will be really interesting. I, what I hope is that AD ends up resigning and gets the bag. Um, I hope, you know, LeBron is able to give us a, you know, couple more solid runs and, um, and I hope Kuz develops. Um, you know, I, I, I am holding on to faith 
for my Kyle Kuzma. I have a Kyle Kuzma stand. Anybody who follows me on social media knows that I am regularly going to flood your timeline with his gifs. But, um, you know, hope so. So hopefully, you know, so I say all that to say it's number 17. Um, you know, it, it, the LeBron AD duo goes down as one of the greatest, you know, or top five duos in, in Laker history. And, um, and yeah, we'll see what it turns into moving forward. All right. I mean, I guess the question, I guess for me at least, this is a excellent team. I think that this, I mean, I think LeBron AD, I think I think you're correct, right? Like it is perfectly matched with all the other duos I think that have defined uh Laker basketball since 1980, <laughs> 79, right? Like since Magic showed up. Um I think the weakness of this team is everybody else. Like these other dudes, they're not really good. Um, not good. They're not bad. They're just, they're just, they're guys, right? Like, like I had to go, like, if you think about the other guys on the roster, right. Um, you know, that makes a big difference, right? Like it makes a huge difference about who's, you know, how we judge the depth and the quality of the team. I even looked up – I just looked up the 80, 79, 80 team with Magic, and it had – you know, it's Jamal Wilkes was on that team, right? Like right. Michael Cooper's on that team. Uh, Spencer Haywood, who uh, is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, like – and then, you know, when we get to – you know, we get to the Showtime Lakers, you got Worthy and Byron Scott. Right, like right, all right. those dudes are better than <laughs> – all those dudes are better than any of these guys, right? Like um, – and so I think that's what makes this team very interesting is that when we watch the Golden State dynasty like that was here for this that run like you know they were a much deeper team right like they were just a you know even though like, you know Sean Livingston coming off made you feel better than Kuzma right like uh you mean just just a fact right and and so I think I you think that this bubble um but that doesn't take anything away from this team, right? I just think that this was just an interesting season in which uh, a team with that was top heavy could actually win a win a title like this, um, and so they deserve all the credit. But you know, the like you said, the Laker, the Laker pantheon is so rich that it's hard to <laughs> it's hard for this team to crack like the top five championship teams. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know. When you got like three and four Hall of Famers on rosters, it's hard to it's hard for you to feel in any different way. Um, Carl, ask the question again about LeBron. That's right. So where does this put LeBron? We we all love the goat conversation, but LeBron accepted his MVP tonight. He accepted the trophy and he told everybody, "I want damn, my damn respect." Um, mm-hmm. And I felt that. I felt that in my soul. I was just like, ask for it. Tell them, LeBron. Like, tell them. Um, you know, he's 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 clearly, you know, hands down, and Lou mentioned it earlier to sort of kind of just echo the point, right? He's clearly the best player of this generation. Yeah. You know, by far. Uh, but the, you know, good old barbershop debate about where he, con- you know, as he continues to build his legacy, right? Where does he fall in the greatest of all time? Um, you know, I, I, I think all of a sudden it, get, it just got a little a little more blurry for those who've been on the fence on whether or not they are willing to accept that LeBron James might be the best basketball player we've ever seen in this universe. 
I mean, I I like I like LeBron. I think LeBron is unbelievably fantastic. And I think LeBron is a, is an all-time great. Uh, I'm not necessarily I mean, we did we did this last dance thing this summer where we watched the right. last dance all summer. So it's been uh interesting. Because it's, you know, I think for a generation, for our students who never really saw Michael Jordan other than on YouTube, it was their first real introduction into the, like the depths and complexities of Michael Jordan's legacy. Um, and I think that like when I talk to my students, they are they gravitate much more strongly to LeBron as the GOAT than folks my age who grew up on Michael Jordan. Um, and I think when you ask our parents they give you a different answer. And that's why I think this goat question is always generational in some ways. Um, but I also think that the, I think the goat question, the way it's framed in our conversations um, currently is flawed because I don't think we give Kareem enough. Right. Like, like he, like to me, Kareem deserves to be in this conversation like way more than he is. <laughs> well, cause Kareem won a high school college and dominated in the pros right like it's a full right like it's a full life of basketball just being the really the best right and i think but i will say this outside of dominique wilkins right let's be clear <laughs> we all know so this question is like who's the best ever except you know after dominique wilkins right outside i i just think it's you know for our generation it, it's 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 lebron just because you know what it is he controls the game so much more, right? Like these last, especially this year, like this team was, it was as Derek, I think Derek put it best, was very top heavy with two players and you didn't know where that third player was coming from. Now, they're lucky to have Hall of Fame Rajon Rondo or, or playoff <laughs> Rondo, right? Playing yeah. at, at his best. But if you're relying on Rajon Rondo in his 15th year, right? That just yeah. kind of shows you. Like Kuz was gone. Caruso like, oh, please let him shoot a thousand shots, a, make a thousand shots a day. Like this is, if he ever gets a shot, he's going to be like deadly, right? Like yeah. a top, you know, he'll be that third guy. Um, but he's, again, he's 30 years, 40 years old. I don't know how old he is, but but for him not to have a shot at this point lets me know he probably won't have a shot. Um, but it's just the way he does everything. Like there was, there was just times in this bubble where okay, Jamal Murray, you're you're putting up fifty, you're putting up forty. I'm gonna get you this fourth quarter, and it's done, right? Yeah. This game, okay. I'm starting up on Jimmy Butler. I'm in my, you know, LeBron's 137 years old, and he's gonna start <laughs> on Jimmy Butler. Right now, maybe that's you know, game six, Jimmy Butler's worn out, but that just shows you that's part of LeBron's greatness, right? They had played the same amount, right? LeBron yeah. played a lot of minutes that last game. He's got a lot more miles on his body. And when it came down to that closeout game, game six, LeBron tonight had more what Jimmy energy. Butler didn't have. He had it, right? Like, like, and you could see Butler was done. And 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 that's how far, think about that. That's how far apart LeBron is. Like Butler had two, one 40-point triple double, another almost 30-point triple double. No, 35-point triple 35-point triple double, right? And it wasn't even close today, right? Like when LeBron was, look, it's over. It's over, and he he controls he controlled it with defense, and then you know the the scoring, the rebounding, and I don't know how he got his tenth assist, 
but with his tin, I'm still trying to figure it out. I saw like, it. I, I saw it. They gave it to him. Uh, they he threw it to with the gold tin. No, no, no. They threw it to like Caruso, and Caruso, the dude flew by. He didn't dribble. He just hesitated for a long time. Oh, that was the Danny Green three. It right? was Danny Green. Is that who was but Danny, that? That was. But 10. Rondo had two threes, and Danny Green had a third. But I don't. He had that three, but I think it must have been that goaltending because no one else scored. Like they were just blowing his shots. I was counting this. I was like, "This is why this guy's still in the game." Yeah. Um, no, I, I, but you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was a dicey one, I'm sure. But anyway, we're running on fifty minutes. And I'll just say, besides Dominique Wilkins, I think I think it's LeBron. But the best part about him winning four is that it just means we're going to have these type of conversations going forward, right? It, it just. There's a lot of Jordan diehards, and now they have to like engage in that conversation. And and you're right, Kareem should definitely be in that convo. Bill Russell should be in that convo, and that's the whole point. It's a conversation, and and now it makes it better. And I think it set. He did another thing by separating himself from Steph. Like Steph would never wasn't going to be in that conversation, mm-hmm. but I think those those five years of Steph were really good. Yeah, and he evened up on championships with LeBron and for championship counters. And I don't know if Steph gets to four, right? right? Like that's, I, he might, but he's, you know, I don't know because that team is just, I mean, it's Clay, it's Steph, it's Draymond, but that team was done with those three, four years ago. They had to get KD. So, so, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And to that, to that point, I mean, LeBron, Le, LeBron jumping over and winning this one in the, in the West too, right? right? When the West has been kind of at peak and, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, I, I think folks, in the West will will say just that, right? Uh, Well, that the Warriors weren't at full health this year. And, you know, maybe they're right, right? Um, But, you know, this was all what this was supposed to be the year that the Clippers um, wanted to come out and reclaim or, you know, to take over for the first time ever the city of Los Angeles. And, you know, we just saw them come up short. And so shout out to the Clippers for being the Clippers. Right now, this is this is this is a very tough mark, and and they just destroyed people after their, like they just Portland after the first game, it was like done. Houston after game one, it, and Rondo appeared uh, in game two, it was done. And then Denver got what one game, yeah. And Denver took out the Clippers, and they have a really good tandem. And then they're gonna have a third player in Michael Porter. Maybe I think Porter's gone. I think he's. He He's the, the type of player who he wants to be the man. Um, I think whenever his contract allows, I'm not good on NBA contracts. He's he's out. Like he's he's not a he's not staying in Denver, right? He's a. He's I think he's definitely a big city talent. Yeah, he's a guy who wants to put up points on a bad team. I think that's the other piece. Right, right, like, right. I think that's that's to be interesting. Yeah, no, I think I mean I think this LeBron thing is amazing to watch. I think. Again, I think the only person we can compare him to is Kareem in terms of longevity, right? Like I'm looking at these numbers because it's sometimes it's like you got to look at it to actually re- really believe it. Like that dude was a 19-time All-Star. Jeez. Right? Like he was 15 times All-NBA. He was 11 times All-Defensive, all right? Like this is crazy, right? Like when you just like, you know, be like he won six titles like these are just like numbers that you see, but the, I heard LeBron say tonight too, Carl, that he was, he had never missed a playoff game. It's crazy. And he's played 260 playoff games, right? Like that's crazy. Like that's like two and a half seasons. And so I think that there's something to be said about longevity. 
Um, we know the the wear and tear on your body that playing in the finals like ten years in a row almost, right? Like, ten in a row, right? Like it just does. Yeah, yeah. Like oh um, yeah. Well, the only reason why he didn't make it, you could say, I mean, he would have made it last year with those bombs that then moved to uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Yeah. I said it. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) was because he got hurt. Let's be clear. They had them, and they didn't make the playoffs. But you know who LeBron is? So as I cut off Carl, so you can't rebut that. He's the Gerald. He's the Gerald Horner of 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 basketball, right? Like just (laughs) just constantly produces. Now, if you listeners are historians or historian fans, look up Gerald Horner, and you'll you'll figure it out. Nobody. Nobody produces more. As we speak, he's probably putting out a book like right now. He's like, you suckers are wow. doing a podcast. I'm writing books. So, <laughs> yeah, on no, LeBron, he's probably got one on LeBron coming out. <laughs> yeah, no, this is uh, this is yeah, no, you're right. Like, I, I appreciate LeBron's consistency and his 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 attention to detail. He lived in a modern era under the scrutiny that nobody else has ever lived under with this social media stuff since he was in high school. Uh, yes, and day has, one, and he hasn't really, and he hasn't made any. I mean, like, if you think the decision is his worst mistake, then he's lived a really great professional life. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. And and I think that you know, I think that that's something to be testament to his his thoughtfulness. Um, and and he's won these titles, man. And I, and I appreciate it. that dude takes care of his body. Like, th- I think tonight was telling, as you said, Lou, before we leave that he played nearly the same amount of minutes as as Jimmy Butler. He's significantly older than Jimmy Butler. He's played more games than Jimmy Butler has. And tonight, Jimmy Butler just was out of gas, right? deservedly so, right? And LeBron looked like, all right, this is it. He was driving to the bad basket with res- reckless abandon. And so that's a that's a dude who's been like always taking care. Been think he probably spends a million plus dollars a year taking care of his body and eating right and all that stuff. So, you know, that's hats off to that. And I'd be remiss if I don't throw this in before we close up, right? That even though the pandemic makes us feel like twenty twenty has been eight years long, um, you know, the, the, this whole idea about playing for Kobe and playing for Gigi um, and then being able to pull it off. Um, you know, and they welcome that kind of pressure and they put that kind of on themselves, right? Because I'm not huge on kind of the playing for somebody, um, but that was something that they embraced as a team. Um, if you look, if you looked around the bubble, the Kobe Five Pro Tro was like the the sneaker that every player was wearing. Um, mm-hmm. Every player who didn't have their own sneaker contract uh, was wearing the Kobe Five, right? And so his presence was felt, right? His presence was part of it. You saw it in the post game with Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka and all of the comments that the Lakers had um, that, you know, this was a this was also the season in which, you know, top of the year in January that the, the team had to deal with the tragedy that um, hit so close to home for so many folks in Laker Nation. Absolutely. I mean, I think Kobe, I think the the tragic, I mean, it feels like it was like two years ago, right? I mean, like, this is like crazy how like this time, I mean, I remember I was, took my, my sons to the barbershop that day and I, and we were in the barbershop, like when the news broke and I was like, this is unbelievable, right? Like, this is crazy. Right. And, um, and so much has happened just in, because we've been in this pandemic. Um, and I think it speaks to the way that Kobe, I think Kobe gets a lot of bad rap in a way that like, like he really tried to mentor people in this very, I think, aggressive way. 
But I think the guys who played with him in the Olympics and really got to know him really did appreciate Kobe's um, mentorship. And so it's a tragic loss for that that basketball playing community. And I think that like the Lakers, are, of course, are, are ground zero for that. Um, but so many guys, I think, uh, were either inspired by, grew up watching or, uh, you know, under the wing of Kobe working out with them in the summers and whatnot. And so, yeah, no, they took that on as a tough, tough, bur- an additional burden. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and they persevered and won the title. So congrats to the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, 2020 uh, NBA champions for 12 months. They, they tipped off this time last year on October 20th or something like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy. Jeez, long season. Long season. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is we're gonna wrap it up here because we've been already like ten minutes too long. So I want to thank thank Carl for coming on again. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate you. Enjoy your celebrate with your students tomorrow. Uh, Lou, right. welcome back to the East Coast. Yeah. Um, can Can I say Can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, oh, were you about to say something? Go ahead. No, do your thing. Oh, uh, I'll just say this. Like, I, we we've been off because uh, if you guys follow me on social media, you know my mom passed. September 22nd, um, she fought pancreatic cancer stage four for, for two years. She was a fighter. Uh, favorite movie was Creed, uh, Creed two, um, actually passed away in her Creed two shirt. And she actually bought, she's the reason why I do this podcast. She actually bought me my, my mic and a, and a podcasting for dummies, uh, for Christmas randomly. I didn't even ask. Um, so it must've been Christmas 2017. And that's when we started to get the ball rolling on, uh, on podcasts. So if you got a mom still out there, hug, hug your moms. Uh, they're precious. She, she, she died at, at, at 69. Uh, so I was, I was actually in, in California for, for 24 days, but, but I'm back now and, and we'll be back. So thank you. No condolences to you and your family, Lou, we love you. Uh, and so we're happy to, I'm happy to do this with you. Uh, again, Carl, thanks for coming on. Uh, and, and, and God bless you guys and good night. All right. Peace. Peace.